Welcome to the Labor Lessons Podcast, real life lessons from real life labor and delivery experiences, offering support and the knowledge that you are not alone on your birthing journey. The purpose of this podcast is to educate based on others' past experiences. It is not intended as medical advice. I'm your host, Carly, C-section mom, VBAC mom, and mom who's simply passionate about birth. Welcome back to this episode of Labor Lessons. Before I get started with today's episode, I just want to share two new reviews on the website. The first one comes from CA and is titled Guest. She says, I was a guest on this podcast and I had a wonderful experience. Carly is attentive and has thought-provoking questions for her guests. Labor Lessons is a useful tool for parents, new or old, by providing an in-depth look into the delivery room from many different perspectives. Thanks, CA. It was great having you as a guest on the show. If you want to listen to CA's story, it's episode 13, and I will link it in the show description. The second one comes from Patty, whose review is titled 12 Days of Christmas. She says, I thought the ideas that Carly gave were very insightful and helpful. I really enjoy listening to Carly. She has a very soothing voice and is very knowledgeable about all her topics. Thanks for the review, Patty. I'm glad you enjoyed the 12 days of Christmas. If you missed it, I shared 12 tools for coping with pain during labor. If you haven't had the chance to listen yet, check it out and let me know what you think. Now, last week I talked with Liz from the Golden Hour podcast. She shared her struggles with breastfeeding her son and how that contributed to her postpartum anxiety. Despite all the research that Liz did to prepare for birth, and to help her on her breastfeeding journey, she had never heard of postpartum anxiety, which is very common. I would say most women have heard of postpartum depression, but I'm not sure how many have heard of postpartum anxiety. Have you? Before giving birth, before listening to Liz's episode, were you aware of postpartum anxiety? Was it something that your provider ever mentioned or wanted to make you aware of? Because it was not for me. Postpartum anxiety is definitely not talked about as much as postpartum depression, but it's possible that many people haven't heard of it because it can be difficult to determine what might be normal anxiety for a first-time parent versus what's not normal. Or many just think their anxiety is normal for a first-time parent when it's really not, which is how it was for me. Also factor in, and me and Liz talked about this in her episode, that postpartum care for women sucks And that one 10-minute checkup at six weeks postpartum is not enough time to discuss any physical issues you might be having, let alone any mental or emotional ones. And not to mention, our concerns are not always taken seriously, and a lot of times are brushed aside as irrelevant. So with all of that in mind, today I'm going to share my journey with postpartum anxiety, which at the time I didn't know was postpartum anxiety. I thought it was normal first-time mom anxiety even though no one else I knew or talked to seemed to be feeling that way. Even though I knew it didn't feel normal for me, I just told myself it was. If you listened to episode one of this podcast, I shared my story about how the birth of my first daughter ended in an unplanned C-section and how that was pretty traumatic for me. Um, It's very common for postpartum depression to be caused by birth trauma 
As a few of my guests have shared their stories about dealing with PPD, but it's also common for postpartum anxiety to come about after trauma as well. And I did not know this at that time. What I did know was that in the hospital, just a few hours after my daughter was born, they took her to the nursery to be washed and to have her first screening test done. I also didn't know at that time that you can request to have these things done in your room, which I would have um, and might have had to advocate pretty hard for that, but they will do these things in your hospital room. My husband and I took a nap after being up for more than 24 hours, and when I woke up a few hours later and she still wasn't back, I began panicking. I felt out of control. No one had told me how long she was going to be gone for, and for all the time that they spent checking on you in the hospital, no one came to check on me during that time so that I could ask them. And this was probably also partially related to the issues that I had during my delivery. The parts of my delivery that were traumatic was the fact that no one told me what was going on, that things felt really out of control, um, and that I, you know, was kind of like a bystander watching things happen to me without really being a part of them, without really knowing what's going on. So at this point, my legs were still somewhat numb. I hadn't, you know, gotten up to walk yet, and I still had a catheter in. So I was confined to my bed. And I laid there crying until my husband woke up from his nap and asked me, you know, like, what's going on? Shortly after that, the nurse brought my daughter back in. And I just remember feeling so stupid for getting upset over her being gone. Um, But it felt so real to me at the time. And that, I feel like, was the beginning of my anxiety. After that, I didn't like to be separated from her. Um, It made me uncomfortable when other people held her. I had panic attacks at four weeks into my 16-week maternity leave because the thought of going back to work and leaving her would send me into a tailspin. I dreaded going to family parties because I knew people would want to hold her and pass her around, and I would just feel like I was being suffocated until she started crying to be fed and someone gave her back to me. I had lots of offers for babysitters, and I would wonder why people kept trying to separate me from my baby don't you need a break? You should take some time for yourself. I didn't want a break. I wanted people to stop asking. I know there are lots of women who do need a break and, you know, need time for themselves and that's fine. But there are also lots of women who enjoy spending time with their babies and don't always feel comfortable leaving them with others. And that's fine too. I didn't have any super close friends who were having babies that I could talk to. But the women I did know having babies seemed to have no trouble leaving theirs. I watched them go out with their friends or their partners at four, six weeks postpartum, and I couldn't even fathom doing that. I had no interest, but like physically couldn't. The thought of leaving my daughter with someone else caused my stomach to tighten and my palms to sweat and my heart to race. And the best feeling of relief I ever had was when my husband completely supported my decision to become a stay-at-home mom. Um, I mean, I watched other women go back to work and, you know, be upset and about leaving their babies, but settle into routine and then be okay with it. Um, and I didn't think that that could ever be me. I envisioned myself crying hysterically every morning, pretty much all day long until I came home to her. I didn't know. So seeing all these other women have these experiences also, I didn't know whose behavior was more normal whether it was normal to leave your baby or not to want to leave your baby, but I knew that what I was feeling wasn't normal for me. 
I have a history of depression and I have been hospitalized for my depression, but I've never really had anxiety, not like this. I didn't know if it was normal, first time mom nerves and other moms just didn't have this problem or if it really was abnormal. So I would go on forums and chats with other moms from all over and ask if anyone else felt the same. Did anyone else feel the same as I do? And I would get responses like, well, if you're not ready to leave your baby, that's totally normal. Like, don't let anyone force you. If you need a break, take a break. If not, don't worry about it. Um, It's completely normal for moms to not want to be separated from their babies. Like, we're designed that way. But I still didn't really hear any responses from anyone who felt the same way that I did. I would take my daughter to her checkups at the doctor, and I was required to fill out a postpartum depression screening form. So I think it's like the first year of your child's life you do this every time you take them. You should be doing this every time you take them to the pediatrician's office. So it was, I think, at my daughter's six-month checkup, I flagged high for anxiety. And the pediatrician recommended that I see a therapist. She gave me a few in the area, including one that was in their office, I think one day a week. And I called and booked an appointment with her for about a month out. Now, I'm, I'm no stranger to seeing a therapist, as I mentioned. I have, you know, had my fair share of uh, mental health issues. So I'm no stranger to seeing a therapist. And I did for a while on two separate occasions. But I never really felt like they helped me. Um... I also didn't really feel like they always really listened. I would talk to people who would like rave about how great their therapist was and how much they got out of their sessions. And it never felt that way for me. And eventually I stopped going. So I was a little skeptical about seeing a new therapist, but I knew that I probably should talk to someone. So I went, I saw her for about three sessions and it cost me a good amount of money each time to go because my insurance didn't cover much. And I didn't really find it worth it. I talked to her about my anxiety and how I was feeling. And she gave me one breathing exercise to try. And every time it was the same breathing exercise, which I did. And I practiced. And I didn't feel like it was working for me. I felt like I needed more tools to help me cope. And I just wasn't getting them from her. And it wasn't worth the money that I was spending to see her. So I stopped going. What I really found helpful for me were some tools I came across when I was pregnant with my second daughter, tools that I used to help me have a natural birth. So multiple breathing exercises, visualization exercises, practicing being present and aware of my senses and using those senses to keep me present. So for example, naming five things that I could see at that moment, five things that I could hear, five things I could feel, maybe one or two things that I could smell. Um, so I started to gather these tools to help prepare for natural birth, but along the way, I found a lot of these tools helped with my anxiety. And Liz in her episode talks about doing CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and how that helped her, which is always worth looking into. At this point in my journey, I don't feel like it's a battle that's been won. Um, I still don't like to be separated from my daughters, but I do spend time away from them. And I kind of chalk that up to how I am as a mother. I'm a very involved parent. I enjoy doing things and spending time with my kids. I do occasionally need some time to recharge, and I've gotten better about taking that time for myself. But looking back, I wish that I'd had other women who were experiencing the same thing for me to talk to 
it's kind of hard to tell what's normal and what's not normal when you're postpartum for the first time in, you know, in a physical sense and definitely in a mental and emotional sense. Your body, your body's just been through a whirlwind. Your hormones are all over the place. You're not sleeping. You're not eating. You're preoccupied with taking care of a brand new baby than yourself. And sure, your physical, mental, and emotional health will all be different than what you're used to. But who's to say what's abnormal and what's a problem? One of the big things that women say after having a baby that can signal a postpartum mental health issue is that they just don't feel like themselves, which is normal for a certain amount of time to not feel like yourself. But when it goes on for long periods of time, this can signal a problem. It's difficult, but important to reach out to someone if you feel like this. And I, I remember trying to convey how I was feeling to my husband, and he wasn't really understanding. He's, he's someone who used to have really bad anxiety, so he didn't really understand that it wasn't normal for me, that it was something new, something that you know didn't feel right for me. And um, I should have tried harder. I should have pushed to see a different therapist to find a group of women who were going through the same thing. But at the time, I didn't really know what I was going through. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't give it a name. Having done this podcast and gotten to know other women through it, I've realized that postpartum mood disorders are a lot more common than we realize, that there are more women who deal with them than I would have thought. It's not obvious just by looking at them, and a lot of women aren't comfortable talking about their issues. We're afraid it makes us look like bad moms, like we can't handle motherhood. But in reality, that's not true. I'm still in the process of finding my tribe, but I have more women now than I did after my first was born. And it's helpful to talk to them about things that are going on. And I found once you open up to others, they are more willing to open up to you as well. And you've probably got more in common than you think. If you're interested in listening to some stories from other women who have shared about having postpartum mood disorders, I will link these in the episode description. But Liz, episode 22, and Christy, episode 16, both shared their stories with postpartum anxiety. Amanda, episode 10, and Betsy, episode 9, shared their struggles with postpartum depression. And Alyssa, in episode 18, talks about having severe PTSD after the birth of her son and what healing was like for her. And if you know anyone who would benefit from this episode or any others mentioned, please pass them along to them. Thank you for listening.